Um, okay, so here we are. I'm. You know what? I need to say some things before we get started. Okay, no. Uh, this is not your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But I just want to say how honored I am to be invited eventually. I mean, it took you, what, like six, seven, eight episodes to get me invited? But uh, <laughs> I am very honored to be invited on your podcast. Um, that's the first part. Number two is I am uh, so very grateful, so grateful that podcasts aren't visual because I feel and look rougher than a scotch Brite sponge right now. Like, I have had a full week of work, so I'm so happy that it's a whole audio situation right now. Yeah, it is audio. Thank God, because this is my eighth podcast of this week. Oh, wow. I know. And what platforms are they available on? Oh, well, let's unpack that pod at gmail.com. Let's unpack oh, wow. that underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh-huh. And what we're realizing as we go through this is that people aren't subscribing. So they are listening. But we need people to subscribe so they get notifications so I can get money. Okay. Well, that's very homophobic of them to not subscribe. So Yeah, I would um, say that. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> Most of my friends hate gays. Ah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification. That was sarcasm. Uh, yeah. In case anyone can't understand through the accent. Um, <gasps> what? Is that what I sound like? No. Oh. Um, but in case you can't understand the sarcasm through your accent, I think it's important to let the people know. You know what we should unpack? No. My accent. <laughs> no. I am tired of hearing you talk about it. But no, here's the thing. Here's oh. the thing. I don't. What do you mean? It's my podcast. I know, but I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm not the one that talks about it. I get spoken to at about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a very like noticeable thing. Like as an immigrant in America, <laughs> um, it, uh, it's one of the first things that people notice about me. So it, it's like one of my first impressions. So it's like a very interesting thing to be recognized for at first it can be good or bad and it can be good or bad depending on what mood i'm in recognized how through your voice or just that there's something different about you oh i guess both both of those things um i mean people i think i can see in people's actions how they respond to what i'm saying uh through my accent. It doesn't matter kind of what I say because I think people maybe sometimes have an assumption that it's like, oh, it's a British accent. It's classy AF. Uh, <laughs> they don't live with you. But they don't <laughs> They don't know the real me or the real UK. <laughs> if, that, if that is the situation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting first impression to have on people. It obviously works into my favor sometimes, but sometimes, depending on what mood I'm in, it's very like, this again, that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't think that many people listening, if they are from the United States, was would know what you mean by saying, oh, this again, because hopefully people on a daily basis aren't, reacting to people by being like oh this again (laughs) that's a well welcome to my life Uh. Uh, (laughs) wow (laughs) 
I'm so lucky to be married to you. You bought me fucking soda. I don't drink soda. Oh, wait. Did we ever say what my name is? No. I'm just Paul's husband, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. There's no brand here for you. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Your name is Jack. Uh, hi, I'm Jack. <laughs> this is entrapment. If you can't tell, I am fully being held against my will, being forced to do this podcast, and I will have no creative control after mm-hmm. this episode or any other subsequent episodes. Just like the British Empire, we're about to take over. And uh, Mama, I need an American Revolution start. My favorite question is to ask Americans what year history started. And they're like... 1776. There we go. That's the answer I was looking for. Yeah. So you can fuck off back to your British Navy. You can go back to your old ass buildings covered in dust. You could go back to fucking Margie Thatcher. I'll go back to all those things apart from that last one. <laughs> I thought that... Okay, so people talk about Margaret uh-huh. Thatcher like all the time. Like I feel like she's... Why? Like, I thought that she was like a very empowering woman. And I, let me explain before you roll your eyes. So I thought that Margaret Thatcher was like the OG feminist. <laughs> Don't laugh. And I think it's because like when I think about my education, when we got world history, we just like heard names. You know, like that's all history mm-hmm. was when I was growing up. It was hearing different names of people who had some contribution to history and everybody knows Margaret Thatcher and I don't know why they know her. So I don't know why she's important other than she was like the first female prime minister, ruler, war veteran. I don't, (laughs) she wasn't a war veteran as far as my knowledge concerns. I don't know. You've had a lot of wars. True. Anyway, Margaret (laughs) Thatcher. No, I think, Going back to what you said Sorry. about any sentence that begins with anyway, Margaret Thatcher <laughs> is probably not a sentence that needs to be completed. <laughs> so <laughs> what you were saying, okay, we're trying to get serious. Who here. the fuck is she? Well, <laughs> uh, no, the only going back to the point you said that I think the only prominent thing she did was be and positive thing she did was be the first female prime minister. And the second female prime minister didn't to didn't do too well either, but we won't need to go into that. Was that Lady Theresa May? Theresa May, yes. <laughs> Conditioning, shampooing, oh. uh, yes, Theresa May. But I don't want to. Theresa May, her. ooh la la. Ooh they la could be a sponsor. Anyone? Anyone work at L'Oreal? Bior? Oh. I don't know who they're owned Bior, by. That's the skin stuff. It might be Procter and Gamble, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I should know that based on my job. However. So that's the reason why she is well, famous. Okay, so she did a lot of bad things. Um, oh, okay. It, it, there was like a minor situation for minors as in coal miners, not as in young people. I'm not going to go too deep because people can just Google Margaret Thatcher and uh, go for that. But They won't. People don't like searching I information. Think, so um, I'm a big-ish film person, kind of. And if you want to see it from... A perspective that I am very um, opinionated about, I guess, and empathize with is there's a film called Pride. It was released in, I think, 2014, 2015. Uh, it's a British film and it was um, starring a lot of a lot of uh, popular British actors. There was uh, Bill Nye, Melda Staunton, and a lot of up-and-coming British talent as well. And it's basically about, um, it was set in the 1980s when Margaret Thatcher was in power. And it uh, combined um, 
a gay and lesbian activist group based in London, and they combined with a miners group in Wales, and uh, it's based on a true story, and they, you know, they protested against Margaret Thatcher and her policies, and some would say her regime, Uh, and uh, it's a very interesting movie because it tackles the whole dynamic of the miners' crisis, the gay movement at the time, the AIDS crisis. Um, I watched it on a plane uh, for the first time and uh, it was great to sob to that before I was going to my dream job of working on a cruise ship. So that was really fun. But uh, I would recommend that film to just sort of see the impact of Margaret Thatcher's actions in uh, the way it sort of trickled down. But I don't want to go into that now because I don't want to spend the first time I ever talk about on a podcast talking about Margaret Thatcher because, girl, she doesn't deserve that. So one thing that I think was interesting that you said is that you were sobbing on a plane. Mm -hmm. Probably not the first time you did that. (sighs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, if anything, you're to blame. For sobbing on a plane. Oh, wow. And I'm so sick of love songs. Don't, you don't have the trademark or the rights to that. Neo, honey. Um, Give me the rights. I feel like it's been over 10 years. I think I have the rights now. Well, anyway. Uh, anyway, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, <laughs> no, I think we've covered Margaret Thatcher. Now we're I know, talking I know, about I know. you crying on planes. I know. What do you want to know about me crying on planes? I don't know. I mean, have you my fucking travels? done it before? You've traveled a lot. Yes. Uh, there's two reasons I've cried on planes a lot. Wow, the clinking of your ice is one of my favorite sounds, I do have to say. Authentically, genuinely, it is. Yeah, well, your ice could clink too if it was on the table. I was just being, you know, cautious of the sound. I didn't want to you know, deafen the people via ice. Which, oh, that's an, uh, that, we need to unpack ice in another topic, but we're talking about the British problems right now, I guess. Um, my British problem. Your British my, problem. My, my British problem. So we're drinking My British problem tell. is you, you motherfucker. You bring your shit and your ice and your drinks and your bitching bobs and you tell me how to live my life. So apparently Paul played the Artful Dodger in a production of Oliver at one point. Uh, so there's that. Um, so you've traveled a lot. I have. You've um, been on a lot of planes, a lot of trains, a lot of automobiles, a lot of ships. Oh, a lot that's of... something that's not included in that movie. <laughs> they don't talk about cruises. There's no boats and planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, was that the reference you were making? I had no idea. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I don't think so. Oh, well, <sighs> Americans just seem to have more culture. Traveling is a thing that was a passion of mine that turned into a work thing of mine. And I guess that's how we met. But I believe you've already spoke about that. I have told that story a couple times. Yes, I wouldn't want to bore people with the Jack and Rose style. So traveling a lot, like what was it like to live on a cruise ship? Like what are some, when, when you're trying to tell people a story about what it was like to live and work on a cruise ship, that's not just like a one sentence conversation about what it was like. What do you tell people? Like, what are the things that you share? Well, when they ask me that question, the first thing I say is, please get me a drink to, uh, you know, ensure that story. And here we are. Cheers. So, number one, we're good. We're ready to go. Um, so, just for some background, I used to work for a major cruise line. Major. Um, major. It's uh, so major. And uh, I was a part of the entertainment staff. I was a host on the cruise ship that worked under the cruise director. So that involved um, me, one other person usually, um, 
a assistant cruise director and the cruise director that was working with the entertainment team uh, on the cruise ships. So I would host activities, events throughout the day, on sea days, on port days, um, where it was, you know, entertaining the masses, whether it was trivia, game shows, karaoke, poolside activities, uh, you know, stuff in the evening. Striptease, blowjob. No, that was extra and that was private. Uh, I don't pay a lot. <laughs> well, you paid enough for me to be here right now, so... Uh, <laughs> Bitch. Oh, you heard it here. But actually, green cards ain't cheap. Um, <laughs> so, how would I describe that experience? Um, I'm not sure how I would describe the experience in one sort of little situation, but I will say that it was a very... Fun job. It was a hard job, and uh, <laughs> I've said job too much. Um, it was a it was a tough job, hard job, hand job, blow job. Whatever I needed to get by. Yes. Uh, um, I traveled the world doing what I was good at. I'm good at, uh, you know, being the person that's like, "Hi, let's have fun now." I mean, it's very uh, much an act because I'm. I would describe myself as an extroverted introvert, um, but yeah, I just, I traveled the world speaking behind a microphone and making sure that everyone else was having a great experience. And I'm very grateful for that time because I learned a lot and I had a really great time. I met some amazing people traveling, some like-minded people. Including your husband. Uh, I was getting there. Jesus Christ. Um, sorry, it just like seemed uh, like it was taking a while. I, well, I was building to it. It was momentum. I wasn't. I, there was nothing building in me. I was just waiting for Oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> you sound lucky. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's slurping something and it's not my dick. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to cut that. that. I'm absolutely not cutting that Please out. Please cut that. No. Brenda, mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Virginia, you would have never made it 18 minutes into this. <laughs> <laughs> She's already like, Jesus Christ, get me off of this. So. Like, and unsubscribe. Um. <laughs> she never subscribed. It was just a test. <laughs> oh my God. Our mothers. I think like... That's something we need to unpack right I there. think, yeah, because like... That's a great situation. When I was that. talking about the podcast today, oh. I was posting it on my Instagram story and my mom responded and she was just like... Oh, I'm sorry. We had, you know, such like a scarred. This is in reference to forcing your mom's mother, who was substitute teaching for you, to buy. Was it some kind of donut from Dunkin' Donuts or something? Yeah, but she didn't even actually listen to the podcast. So oh. all she saw was like an Instagram <laughs> post about mm-hmm. the fact that I wanted to be in the good handwriting club. And she responded and said, like, I'm so sorry that I scarred you for life. Listen, I think. A parent isn't being a good parent unless they sky you for life in some kind of way. Whether that be good or bad, whether that be impactful or not. I think she didn't understand it had nothing to do with the handwriting. Because you were a crab apple as opposed to a... Uh, <laughs> the worm. You were, you were the worm in the crab apple. I was the worm apple. in the crab apple. I wasn't oh. the worm in the real apple. Yeah, I was the mm. maggot. So I, like, thinking about our mothers and how our moms like whether or not they would listen to this whether or not they would uh. oh my god <laughs> people are going to be like and bye dislike yeah, we're done 20 minutes of you burping talking about <laughs> margaret thatcher and your mothers i'm over uh. it 
Um, it's soda. I asked for tonic. Like I, that's still carbonated, bitch. Yeah, but it doesn't make me burp as much as this does. So maybe it was the massive sandwich you ate today. I had a salad. Salad. She's so skinny. <laughs> no, she isn't. Anyway, uh, so mothers, mothers, Margaret Thatcher, mothers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to RuPaul eventually. Yeah, right? was it because we were thinking like I don't know strict women, and we thought of our mothers? <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to offend my mother by associating her with the word strict. Maggie Thatch. Oh, or strict. Yeah, no, because oh. I like I, my mom. I think knows that she was strict. Um, well, but- she dealt with five of you beasts. Mm. No wonder she had to be a little. Bit I am strict. her favorite. You're the favorite one that was... <laughs> the favorite know. gay one. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, because you're the only gay one. Oh my God, you didn't have to explain that. So, <laughs> I... It's really... You know, jokes are so much funnier when you explain them. Mm, so they are? Oh, good. Um, so, but... So, when I, like, think about our moms, I'm so proud of them, because... I feel like they are so fun and so fun loving and they embrace us and each other and the lives around them. Like your mom's a traveler. Your mom's a go-getter. Like my mom doesn't travel probably as much as your mom. But when I just think about like the fact that they're both so goofy (laughs) and they're so like down with anything at any time of just like, when I make jokes to my mom, like not my corny jokes, but like whenever I put on a voice or an accent or just like say something to my mom, that's like super liberal that like she can't get behind. She laughs. And I feel like it's important to have a mom who laughs. And like so many people go up with, grow up with strict moms. So many people grow up with moms who are so serious. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I grew up with a mom like that, but like my mother now, our relationship now is so much more focused on jokes and like making fun of each other. Like just last week, like she fully called me fat in front of all of my friends. And that wasn't the first time she's done that. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. The but first time she like did a... that, she asked if I was carrying all the weight that you lost after you moved to America. Mm-hmm. She was skinny for about two months and then here I am again with three chins. So Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. But your mom. Yes, yeah, so Brenda. I yeah, think Ginger is my mom. Ginger, yes. Brenda is your Virginia mom. Virginia Ginge. Uh, and Brenda is mine. Um, I think I've got, I've got two thoughts about this. So my first thought is to me personally, and I think that my traveling bug was definitely derived from both my parents, um, uh, but mainly also my mom, because my parents met while they were traveling Australia, but... I think that now my mom, my mom travels so much. Like she goes, I think, I think she nearly goes like every other month. She's such a lady of leisure, but she has worked very hard to be where she is right now to be able to do that. Um, Bringing up two kids, one beautiful angel that is me and my sister. Uh, (laughs) Don't insult your sister right now. Phoebe, I am your hero. I am your champion. My first point is that I think I caught my travel bug off my mom. Oh, I have a second point. 1.0. 1.5. I, my sense of humor is definitely derived from my mother. But adding on to that, I think as gay people, <laughs> I think gay people, especially gay men, have a uh, interesting 
relationship with their mother. I think that it's like uh, a very close and tight-knit bond. And I think that it's always a very specific thing to each person and each relationship. But I don't know how to describe it. How would Like you the des- relationship yeah. is important between the gay man and the mother of the gay man? Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's always like a very... I don't want to say niche because that in, in, inclines that it's... Uh, in Exclu- some way, exclusive, exclusive like, yeah, when it's yeah, like not, it's, it's something that other people can't relate to when like it absolutely is like Correct. people are best friends with their moms. Like, yeah. That's not, I don't think that's the same relationship that gay men have with their mom. Generally speaking, of course, like I don't think a lot of gay men are best friends with their mom. You know, where like a female, a straight female could be her mom's like best friend. And I think this is like, the oh, second I kind of disagree. Well, so I think about like the second, the, this is the second time in a few hours that I've referenced Gilmore Girls, like Lorelai and Rory, who were like totally best friends. And like, I feel like there's a desire for the straight female and the straight female mother to like have a connection and have a bond. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's like, so it's like such a, like a Hollywood thing when you're like, I'm best friends with my mom. And I'm like, that's great. Like, but I don't view that, that gay men and their mothers have the same expectations of a relationship. Like we, you might still be best friends with your mom, but it, it's not, it's not like expected that you are going to be mm-hmm. best friends with your mom. Like your mom will never expect to be your best friend. Well, here's the thing. I think obviously a different first, uh, like, you know, straight cis white women to be friends with their mom. Right. Well, um, I mean, it's like, it's, it's different for everybody. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I think my thought is, and I think I was just trying to find the best way to articulate it. I think if you are lucky enough and your mom and or your parents are accepting of who you are as a, a gay person or an LGBTQ person, um, I think in my eyes and from the people that have been fortunate enough around me, your mother is your first ally mm. and or one of. Yeah. And I think that, might be your first family member ally. Yeah. And even if it's not your first, if you are fortunate enough and lucky enough, she's your strongest and is the most supportive in whether your family is not as supportive or whether, you know, your religious circumstances, whether your friend group isn't, then maybe and hopefully your mum is. And if she's not, you know, that's a different story. But Right. I, like I think like to your point, when your mom is your first ally, that's like such a special thing, you know, because mm-hmm. people hear a lot of horror stories about mothers and uh-huh. I think more specifically fathers yeah. of horror stories. So like if your mom is your first ally, that must just be such like a feeling of relief as you're coming out of the closet. Like both my parents came out to me as allies at the same time, but I could tell that my mother was probably more comfortable being an ally than my father was immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, like my mom was like, I'm going to take, I'm going to embrace this. Even though I know that this is like hard for both myself and my husband, I'm going to take, and I'm going to embrace this. But I think that for people who don't have their mother as their first ally, Mm -hmm. that must just feel like so It's kind of like the, without sounding too dramatic, but also being as dramatic as it is, it's kind of like the ultimate betrayal. The person that brought you into this world 
doesn't want you anymore. That must be, yeah, just heartbreaking. And I am, yeah. but I recognize, and I am so grateful for the amazing relationship that I have with my mom um, and my dad also. But I know we're just talking about moms right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about our coming out situation? I don't think so. No, I don't want to. Do you? I mean, I can if you want. Why don't we talk about it on another episode? Oh, what a brilliant segue that is, Paul. (laughs) No, I just feel that a coming out story is so important to be shared with people who are close to you and to be shared with people who are important. So if we're going to do a story about coming out, I feel like it's important for our listeners to only focus on that part of the story. I agree. We are starting a podcast that is going to be specifically focused on us coming out. Where right now we're talking and reflecting about how much our mothers love us. So I would love to talk about us coming out, but I feel it could be really cool if we treated that as a separate episode. Because we've unpacked you a little bit. We've unpacked me a little bit. We've talked about our mothers and it's been 30 minutes. So, oh, well... There we go. Well, thanks for having me on this uh, joyous episode with me. Yeah, we've unpacked a lot, I feel like. And I feel like it's cool that people are getting like an insight into our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that we're sharing something like I'm talking to you the same way as if I was talking to you like we're sitting on the couch. (laughs) Like it doesn't change whether or not I'm in a microphone or just screaming at you or texting you but i mean yeah it's all the same kind of dialogue so uh yeah it's just like a different way of (laughs) phrasing the dialogue and i'm just excited that we got the chance to talk about you and Mm -hmm. we got to talk about us and we got to talk about our moms yeah listen we are here on a uh, end of our week we both have a gin drink our belly's full this is exactly what we would be doing anyway, except from the pop. <laughs> the TV would be on and I the would TV's be ignoring on. him. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that and there's no microphones, but now there is. Uh, so, uh, well, thanks. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'll speak to y'all soon. Yeah. So, Jack, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Um, for those who are still listening, um, if you would like to follow us or learn more about us, we would love if you would subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify to the Let's Unpack That podcast. Um, We are the one with the two cartoons in the logo. Um, And um, if you are so interested in connecting with us beyond the podcast, uh, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Let's Unpack That podcast. Oh, Let's Unpack That underscore podcast. Um, Or on Gmail, you can email us and give us ideas for things that we could unpack. Um, at let's unpack that pot at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you made it through this. And if you didn't, it's fine. Y'all better subscribe to my husband's podcast, y'all. I'm going to hunt you down. Motherfucker. <laughs>